Lindsay, we got Saul, we got Gerald, and we got Espo. Welcome back, guys. It is nice to be here. <laughs> it's like being back at home. But, you know, there were a lot of rumors mm-hmm. while I was gone. There were. There were a lot of rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, not about the team, although <laughs> there were those. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit happened while I was gone, too. Mm-hmm. But these rumors about why I was gone, I'm not okay with. Okay. And that's why we're bringing back Espo's big board. It's the five reasons, fake reasons that I wasn't here. Number five, Nuggets fan Celtic prided me. They they kidnapped me. Number four, <laughs> I was training my liver for Jock's bachelor party. Okay. Got to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Number three, there was nothing going on anyway. Facts. Uh, number two, I was getting liposuction. As you can tell, <laughs> not the case. Well. And number one, I got fired for calling Jokic soft for elbowing Ishbia. Yeah. None of those are true. I'm back. Good to see y'all. <laughs> I feel like the most believable one is number one. You got fired for calling Jokic <laughs> sophomore elbowing Ishbia. I was trying to remember which one was number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, thought- pe- I mean, people did call for him to get fired. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, what, like three or four PHNX employees in the last couple of weeks <laughs> have gotten <laughs> have gotten absolutely dragged <laughs> and wanting to be fired by the public. Uh, obviously not our own fan base. It's just it is <laughs> To be it fair, is. Nuggets fans, some Nuggets fans did suggest I should get liposuction as the Canadian. <laughs> Canadian hockey fans oh, as well. So that was actually a suggestion, but that's not why I was gone. I mean, yeah. The real ones know, and thank you for all your support uh, while I was out. So, Well, Espo, we're happy to have you back here with us. It had been a hot minute, and I know everyone missed you. They missed Saul when you were gone, Gerald when you were on the road. Hopefully you guys missed me a little bit when I went on vacation. Nah. But we'll move right on past that one. It's It's been so long. It feels like it's a long time. It's been so yeah. long, you guys. Like It's unbelievable. It was but... three weeks, and it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> But let's dive in a little bit here on some Suns basketball. To start things off, we do have a special guest joining us. Stephen Pridgen, Suns contributor over at Bright Side of the Sun, is here to talk a little bit about uh, fixing the Phoenix Suns. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well, and I'm blessed. How about you? How are y'all doing? We're doing solid. Can't complain at all. Absolutely. Okay, first things first. I know this is kind of a very open-ended question, but... We did that on purpose. We kind of just want to let you run here. How would you fix the Suns this offseason if you were Matt Ishbier, if you had all control? <laughs> well, I don't think the um I don't think the sky is falling in any sense when you have two potential top 12 players depending on how you want to rank them in tow. And then you also have um, a young talent in the center who you can do what you decide to with, but that either has attention that he can get from the market or still has a lot of potential that he can be uh, invested in in terms of internal development. And then you also have a point guard that's a Hall of Famer. So that's a lot to work with at the foundation of any other decisions you would decide to make. And kind of branching off from that, I think you can go a, a myriad of different ways in terms of how you want to shapeshift your roster going into next season. However, I do feel like the best way, if I was Matt Ishbia, uh, the way you phrased the question, if I was Matt, I would look to at least see what you could get in return for DeAndre Aiden. Of course, this stock won't be any lower than it is at the moment based off of his playoff showing. But seeing what you could get for him potentially engaging what you should do based off of that, I think is it's almost uh, – 
a no-brainer at this point. You have to at least entertain the thought of it. Um, as far as Chris Paul goes, I would still look to see what we can get out of the roster with chemistry built with him in tow because, of course, I think you all would probably agree that he was the most effective by having Kevin Durant in the mix in terms of him not initiating offense nearly as much as he um, was accustomed to, in addition to having to play more off the ball in terms of playing and catch and shoot and attacking closeouts and things like that. So I think I would give him another um, another chance or crack at it in a sense just to see what it looks like with him healthy with this team, especially with Kevin Durant being healthy. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with the roster. And outside of the big four, I would look to add as much shooting and as much defense in terms of uh, ancillary players around this group. Steven, I'm going to kind of put you on spot a little bit um, in regards to D.A., all right. Uh, obviously, everybody has their opinions on D.A. Um, and and depending on which way you view him and how you feel about him, because I feel like the two coexist for a lot of Suns fans. They can't separate the two. Um, what do you what do you see from him in terms of things that he could improve outside of effort? Because one of the things that's obviously been predominant about D.A. has been his effort. Um, do you think now that Monty Williams is gone, um, that his he could be coached up a little bit, if you will? Or do you think it's kind of he is what he is and it's a lost cause? I do think a new offensive system could help him in terms of his individual production, uh, if we're speaking primarily as a scorer. However, I do also feel like there are there have been a handful of moments, whether that be in the middle of the season where Chris Paul was out and other players, Devin Booker, missed a handful of games where he was being kind of called to task in terms of operating in a way similarly to what people would hope for uh, him to show if he was to remain past uh, past this offseason with the Suns. Um, and he didn't necessarily – he left a lot to be desired in that in that alignment of sight uh, with his production. So I'm not sure how much more you could get from him with this team. It kind of feels like in a sense that um, the hourglass has kind of ran out with this time here in Phoenix, and it might be time for change just for all existing parties just to move forward with somewhat of a clean slate. Uh, but I do feel like he does have untapped potential. It just might not necessarily come out being with the Suns. I think a lot of that might be uh, pertaining to who they decide to go with in terms of, of, of a head coach and how they um, how they value DeAndre Ayton's talent. You're a guy that likes to look at a lot of film. What what was it in the in the two playoff series that give you hope that this is is something that can really be built on going into next year? Are you talking specifically with Aiden or just as a team as a whole? Just the team in general. Well, I think the first thing is that when they figured out what worked against the Denver Nuggets specifically, they were able to get to that in a multitude of ways. So primarily being their three-player actions, whether that be dribble handoffs or pick-and-roll variations, once they figured out what pressure points they could hit within the Nuggets defense and how to go about hitting those spots, they were able to do it ad nauseum. And we saw when Kevin Durant's efficiency started to return, we saw him be close to that player that the Suns have expected him to be for that team. And we saw what Devin Booker was doing being the best scorer in the playoffs. And then we also saw him, Devin Booker, specifically being able to showcase the playmaking ability, which continues to be underrated for him through those actions that they found out they were able to kind of push the Nuggets and stretch them out defensively. So I think in terms of their offensive process, especially when Chris Paul was out, I think there's a lot for them to um, kind of build off of and hope to build even more on with Chris Paul back in the mix. 
to, to piggyback on that question, Stephen, because you have broken down, if you don't follow Stephen on Twitter, make sure you do because yeah, he does an excellent follow. job breaking down Thank plays you. and sets. Um, with Monty Williams out, what do you kind of prioritize in an offensive system? I know it's a tough question to answer with basically everyone except for KD and Book <laughs> feeling safe here in Phoenix, but what do you kind of look for the next coach and hope that he's able to implement with those two stars and build around that? Well, honestly, I would kind of inverse your question some and look at the defensive side of the ball first because while I do think there was a lot to be desired on the offensive side, I also think they they left a lot on the table defensively. Um, a handful of times we pointed out that DeAndre Aiden was up at the level of the screens, primarily in pick-and-roll defense a handful of times. We didn't see that nearly enough in the playoffs, in my honest opinion, and I do feel like the Suns, in terms of their defensive activity, that was one way that they could have dictated things against the Denver Nuggets, and we didn't see that nearly enough. Um, so I do think that defensively, regardless of who it is in personnel, having a coach that's willing to be more risky and um, dictative with their defensive principles and process will be important for this team because having a seven-footer like Kevin Durant on your back line is something that most teams in the NBA wish they could get, especially with that player being able to rim protect and uh, be an anchor for a switching defense in a sense without fouling. Um, and then if we transition to the offensive side, a coach that's going to push the limits of this team. So taking the template that Monty Williams had with pick and roll play and then off ball actions with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and starting to marry the two to where Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are as a tandem working together on the offensive side of the floor rather than one being spaced on the second side, being a, a proverbial um, <laughs> valuable decoy uh, and keeping them involved as a tandem and being able to weaponize their tandem play uh, for the offensive process as well. I think that would be important too. Okay, so you broke down the characteristics and what you're looking for in a coach as far as the names that have been floated so far, coaches we know who are available or at least that the Suns are interested in seeing if they're available. <coughs> Do you have a preference or can you kind of give us maybe your top three at least? <laughs> well, I think Saul <laughs> repeated the name that rings loudest for all Suns fans, Suns reporters, and anybody that's paying attention to the team because Tyloo's proven on the playoff stage. He's also proven a goal off script when he needs to to get wins. And I feel like we could all agree in, in assessing the Suns the past two playoffs that there was a lot to be uh, desired in terms of going off script for what's comfortable to potentially just at least see what they could do when they're doing things that they aren't necessarily comfortable doing. So I think Ty Lue would definitely be at the top of that list. Um, if we're speaking independent of Ty Lue, I do think that – and he doesn't get the, the – um, he doesn't get loud at the most in terms of the coaches available. But I think Mike Budenholzer showed a lot with the with the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of experimenting with things on offense to put their three best players or their two best players consistently in actions to compromise the defense, especially in crunch time. For the Bucks, if Suns fans remember, in fourth quarters of those games in the finals, a lot of times it would be either Chris Middleton and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo working from the elbows and pick and roll in a condensed floor to force switches, force unders, and force different types of responses from the defense, and then just countering off of that. But primarily speaking with those two, keeping the two best offensive weapons consistently in action is to keep a defense rotating or keeping them compromised in some capacity. So I think Mike, Mike Budenholzer, especially with his experience and also having beat the team uh, would be a would be a coach that should jump off the page in terms of availability. And another name that I would keep an eye on, I'm not I'm not sourced in any capacity, so don't take this as me breaking news or anything. 
anything like that. <laughs> but I, but I've we've seen what Kenny Atkinson can do when he has weapons to work with in terms of an offense. I do think that, of course, he still has things to prove as a coach on that stage. But if we're just looking at coaches that fit in alignment with the things that I've mentioned in terms of the offensive process, I think Kenny Atkinson, especially what he's learned from the from the uh, Golden State Warriors this past season, could certainly add a newfound dimension in evolution to this offense. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for stopping in and giving us all your info. I got to ask. Yeah, I got one more question, too. Go ahead. Stephen, how long did it take to grow that beard? (laughs) I am very jealous (laughs) of that thing. Man, I've been growing this since uh, since my senior year in high school. So it's been a it's been a few years. It's been a few years. <laughs> before before we let you go, I do have a CP3 question. Um, in terms of his overall production specifically, and if he were to stay on the Suns, do you believe that he? I mean, obviously the reliability issues aside, um, did you like how the Suns used him this season? Um, in terms of a, a new spot-up role, um, less ball handling? And do you see that being something that he could continue next year? Obviously, it, it feels like uh, there's a slight depreciation in terms of his value overall and what he contributes on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but what, what's your perspective on him specifically? So I do think the way that they use him coming into this season, this is speaking before Kevin Durant came into the mix, I felt that was most optimal to kind of preserve him and put him on ice going into the playoffs. And I think naturally that lended itself to him kind of better ingratiating himself than he would if they kept things going how it was last season after they added Kevin Durant. He was kind of already used to being in that role where he was off the ball a little bit more. So that, of course, expanded more when Kevin Durant came in. But I do think that that's a role that he could certainly play for this team. And I think as with any Hall of Fame player, especially a player that's played in the league for 18 seasons, um, you can't last in the league if you're not willing to evolve and you're not able to evolve. And I think he's proven that he can do both of those things at multiple stops over the course of his career. And I also think that as uh, we saw the team exit from the playoffs, we saw a need for his presence in terms of playmaking. So him being able to show that he can play off the ball, but also obviously being able to revert back to initiating offense at any given moment is something that you might not necessarily be able to find to the extent that he could provide and then especially having a feel and chemistry with playing with Kevin Durant as well as Devin Booker. Uh, it's kind of something that you can't necessarily find looking other places. So I do think that he has value for this team moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you again. We appreciate your time and thank you for dro- dropping in and sharing some of your knowledge and insight with us. And as Gerald mentioned, if you guys don't follow Steven on Twitter, on Twitter, you absolutely need to. He is at staytruess.3. So make sure you go give him a follow for uh, all of his great content over there. Steven, thank you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Steven. Thank you. I'll be blessed. Appreciate it. That was fantastic. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. awesome. I love his I love his mind and, and where it goes and how he breaks things down. And he does it in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of, you know, if you're if you're not really up to the game or you're not schooled on the vernacular and how things work in terms of sets and, and motion and movement. And uh, he's he's a he's one of the best to be able to follow him. In in game for sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so make sure you do that one more time. I'll tell you at Stay True S dot three on Twitter. Not um, a dot. The word. Dot. The word dot. D O T. Yes. <laughs> so yesterday I got a free bet from Bet MGM. Right, All you have to do on Wednesday and Saturdays is just log in, mm-hmm. and they'll give you a free bet on, on the Saturdays, house. So Wednesdays and Saturdays. 
Yeah. What? It's pretty Thanks dope. Thanks for telling me, guy. It's uh, you couldn't text me and go, I hey, I know mean... you're home, but you want some free money. <laughs> Sorry, you know, my you bad. You did say it on the show yesterday. Yeah, like the hell so you I'm watching, been watching this thing. Yeah. Should have been watching. Actually, anyway, I, was, I don't know what to do with it. Been calm all day. He gets on the show and he's like, oh, I've got to show that I'm loud again. <laughs> it's because he missed it. <laughs> so I need, I need something to put my free bet on. Okay. Anybody, anybody got any ideas? Yep, Lakers by ten. You're going to take Lakers by 10? I think they're a plus 180. Yeah. Take the Nuggets and the points. Okay. Gerald, which one do you think I should go with? Mm. Or at least take the Lakers and the points. They're five and a half dogs. I don't we going Lakers, lose. we go Nuggets. I'll do the Nuggets. Five. Gerald's going Nuggets. Okay. Maybe I'll do both. Straight up. Why not? Yeah. Straight not up. Not the points. What was it? Five and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go straight up. Not the points. Okay. All right. Well, I'll pick one of those and put it, my free bet down mm. on the BetMGM app. If you guys already have the BetMGM app, you missed it yesterday if you weren't listening to me on the show, but you don't have to miss it on Saturday. Make sure you log in to get your free bet. Also, if you have not signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you do that by using bonus code PHNX because there's a few different offers out there depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. You can check out the show note for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Easy money. <laughs> Easy money. Lakers and points. Saul Bookman, everybody. Listen, I know it is 3.20 right now, and by the time this show ends and I get on the road, it'll be around 4.30-ish. But I'm low-key debating right now if I should stop at Circle K and get a nice coffee. I so thought she was going to say, it's going to be 4.20. Yeah, I, I, I was like, wait, I thought I was doing low cheese read. <laughs> Can you guys drink coffee in the afternoon and still fall asleep perfectly fine? I or does drink, it affect you? I could drink coffee at 11.35 at night and it would not have any impact. I feel like most of the time it's fine for me, too. Uh, yeah, I think I'd be okay. I mean, I sometimes I drink Coke right before bed and I sleep just fine. So. Yeah. I'm the only person on the planet that doesn't drink coffee. So Gerald, like, get out of here. Leave right now. Question. You're fired. God. If you want to stop by Circle K and get a I nice mean, coffee I'm or not. on your way home from work, it's very aggressive. There's the kingdom. Here I come. <laughs> Sorry, all four of you came back and I just got really like... You know, She's on like, edge oh. today. I was like, there's too many of them. I can't handle it anymore. Go inside and get a polar pop. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff that Circle K has to offer. Right now, they've got a really cool offer for you guys. If you text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, you'll get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce polar pops. Perfect now that it is hot as hell outside. Is that me? <laughs> that's you. Yeah, that's you. I just happened to record you this morning on the, oh, on the gas station. Why did you send it to me? <laughs> Head to circlegay.com slash store dash locator to find a circle near you. We're a mess. It is. It feels sloppy today. <laughs> yeah. It does. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the coaching search updates that we did get earlier today. Uh, Woj tweeted out ESPN sources 
The Suns have started to gather permission on several assistants for head coaching interviews, including Sacramento's Jordy Fernandez, Milwaukee's Charles Lee, and Memphis's Darko Rajakovic. So what do you guys think? Because first Woj came out saying that the Suns were mostly only interested in coaches that had head coaching experience, championship level experience. Now we're opening it up to assistants. Welcome to Substrifuge season. I mean, it's going to be agents and teams just putting things out there to try to muck up the water. I think this is, uh, in case we can't get Ty Lue or another name, we wanted aware that we're casting a wide net uh, kind of thing. Uh, you know, the probably the most intriguing name on the list uh, is uh, Jordy Fernandez, uh, but I was talking to some people in the know when it comes to him, uh, you know, and what I heard was really close with Nikola Jokic, which I don't know if that's a plus or minus uh, at this point, but uh, a really brilliant offensive mind. But the question when it comes to him is, does he have the leadership ability to really coach? Uh, he he comes off as timid. He coached a, a Nuggets summer league at one point, and it was kind of not the prettiest uh, thing in terms of coaching, but what he's done with the Kings offense uh, is truly a pretty thing. I'm, I don't know how I feel. I feel like you need a, a leader with this group because there's a lot of alphas uh, in this locker room. Uh, I think you need a coach that can really lead. So that name intriguing from the offensive perspective, but I don't know how I feel in general. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily care about the leadership aspect of it more than I care about, um, how can somebody communicate? How 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 do they get the players to buy into them? Um, it, I mean, that is a form of leadership, obviously. But like, I think a lot of people when they think leaders, they mean, you know, especially in the coaching realm, they think somebody that's going to command the room all the time and and kind of be dictatorish, if you will. And and I don't think Monty really ran things to that level by mm -hmm. any, by any means. Um, but you know, there have been a lot of coaches that try to to command the room like that, and I think. I think a younger coach, to be honest, if you don't get Ty Lue, let me just say that. If you don't get Ty Lue, then I'm on board with whatever they think is the best coach. I don't really care about experience. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Can they coach? Can they find their way to be able to give you the things that you thought you were missing with Monty Williams? Can they do all of that? If they can, then they're the guy. I don't really care. I'm kind of in the boat where... I feel like I said after you fired Monty, the decision to do that is going to depend on what comes next. And it obviously gets a little bit riskier just inherently if you go with a first year head coach. But that doesn't mean it would be the wrong decision per se. Um, I think you look at Fernandez, if he has a quieter disposition or is a little bit more timid or whatever, that would be an interesting fit with this roster, like you were saying. Um, but he does have good experience. If you look at, he was the Canton charge head coach in the G league, then moved up to the nuggets for an assistant for six years, uh, associate coach of the Kings where they had a resurgent year this season under Mike Brown. Um, you know, Charles Lee, he's a guy that was a Hawks assistant for a while. And then a bucks assistant since 2018. And then Rajakovich, he was actually under Monty, uh, mm -hmm. in the 2019, 20 season, so he's somewhat familiar with the team. Uh, obviously, things have changed a little bit since then. I, I feel like this is kind of doing your due diligence and getting a variety of perspectives 
conducting different interviews to see what's out there. Um, I don't know if any of these guys would be serious candidates just yet. If you consider some of the other names like Ty Lue and Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer that the Suns are reportedly looking into. Um, but I do think it's good to cast a wide net. I think if you're going to go this route, though, unless Kevin Young like totally bombs his interview, I, I don't know why it wouldn't be him over some of these other guys. Well, Darko also has experience um, as an assistant coach in OKC, which I believe yes. were the same year's ending of Kevin Durant's too, yeah. time yes. there, right? Mm -hmm. um, so he's got familiarity not just with what Monty was doing here, not with just Devin Booker, but also KD as well. And mm -hmm. I can tell you from a personal perspective on Darko as a human being, mm -hmm. solid as they come. Mm -hmm. Like he was a fantastic guy. He was very friendly, very personable. Like he seemed really well liked by staff and players. Mm -hmm. So from that end of things, I'm not mad at Darko getting an interview. I here. would also say this, you know, I mean, we've seen Matt Ishbia not really give a shit about age at all. Like whether you're young, old, yeah. it I doesn't mean, this, matter. The new CEO he, yeah, he brought in is in his 30 years yeah. old. Yeah. So like uh, in terms of a uh, youth movement of sorts. And plus, I think history is starting to be a little bit on the side of the, the non retread coaches if you will like Emma Udoka first year head coach uh, and then obviously he gets replaced by I always want to say Joe Maganello and it's not Joe Maganello isn't Maganello the actor he's a good looking actor yeah. from you know yeah. all those movies but uh, but you know I, and he's doing very well obviously in this first year with the Celtics so um, you know I, I think history uh, you know, used to say, you know, you're, you're going to go with an experienced retread, if you will. And I, I think some teams are looking at it with a different prism. And I think Matt Ishby is definitely an owner that's not going to go with, with you know, the how it's always been. He's going to try and do what he thinks is in the best interest of the team. And so, obviously, alongside James Jones. Well, the thing that I find interesting, too, is the guy everybody has circled, right? Ty Lue. His first full year as a head coach, you want to uh, he won a title with the Cavs. Very mm -hmm. similar situation in terms of getting a very talented roster, mm -hmm. winning in year one. So it's not unheard of for a guy to go out there with no head coaching experience and then wind up and, having success. That That's something that can happen. So I don't think it's a... It should preclude any of these guys from being able to get, get the job or at least be in the running for it. But man... It's going to be a tough pill to swallow to go, hey, we fired the coach of the year from a few years ago, a guy that led you to the finals, led you to 64 wins for this guy who's never gotten a chance before. Mm. It just that that feels like it's going to be underwhelming until they prove it. Right. Right. I don't know. I just think it's going to be funny if Ty Lue gets this, this job. Hey, he could literally. Uh, <laughs> You're going to hate me, Gerald. No. He can literally design a play for, for Kyrie Irving to win you a championship again. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we get the full squad back and it's pure chaos. <laughs> That's how it goes, Gerald. That's how it goes. Uh, Welcome to the offseason, folks. Fuck. All right. Well, we'll keep you updated on uh, any other rumors that come out you were gonna hate that. around yeah. the coaching situation <laughs> here. How about, but now, how about Manuel's comment here? I'd rather hire this... Rather, the Suns hire the bat slash rat <laughs> from Denver than an assistant. I mean, Damn. they yes. at least know how to create conversation. That's for sure. For I'll sure. give them that. All right. Could we also maybe potentially see some GM movement within the yes. Phoenix Suns organization? So we got this tweet from Sham Sharania. Sources, Warriors um, and President of Basketball Operations, Bob Myers, 
have had no substantial contract extension talks in months, and the sides are bracing for the likelihood that Myers could walk away from the franchise. Espo, I know you are all in on bringing Bob to Phoenix and maybe moving James Jones just into one role instead of the two that he currently has. We suffered 17 years with a bad Bob. I want a good Bob (laughs) in Phoenix, all right? Bob Madlock, he's not talking about you. No, no, no. Bob Young, nope, nope, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you're all going to have to take a back. Bob Bomb, take a back seat. Bob Weiner, if you Uh, did. There's a lot of Bobs over at the Phoenix Sun. Bob Esposito, my dad, I don't give a crap. Take a back seat. I need a good Bob, all right? Look. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Oh, well, I was in the camp that we were talking about good Bobs at the Sun. I was confused. No, no, Bob. Bob Adler, like they're all great. But I was talking about Bob Sarver. I right. a good Bob. But I thought we were it. going down naming Bobs at the Suns that were good. I, I'm maybe a little bit confused now. Look, I I just needed to clarify that anyways. in case any of the Bobs uh, see this. From from the oh, they've all taken me to task on Jeez. Twitter already. Look, uh, for me, right when Matt Ishbia took over, the name Bob Myers came up. Right mm-hmm. as a guy that that Ishbia supposedly wanted to bring in to the front office and this is a name that intrigues me i've watched a lot of him talking about how to build a team the thoughts on roster construction the way he looks at it and it's all about getting guys with multiple skill sets doing things the right way this is a guy i want to come in and help build this championship roster now to me that would be james jones keeps basketball operations president or whatever title he can focus on culture and whatever the other things he was talking about when he got his contract extension uh, and myers could come in and be gm now that's in a you know uh, a perfect world i highly doubt that 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 would happen you probably have to let james jones go and have bob myers come in and run everything but this is a guy with championship experience has dealt with egos i like the idea of bringing somebody in like that and i think matt ishbia wants to bring in his own people people were freaking out while i was gone about that paragraph in the woge piece that matt ishbia has taken over basketball operations he paid four billion dollars for this team of course he's going to want to have his hands in there to understand what's going on and get people he trusts in there to run things that's what this summer's about i think bob myers could be that guy yeah, I don't think it's shocking that a new owner comes in and wants to put his own people in place with the way that the season ended. Um, I think Bob Myers would be an in, a great fit. He obviously has a track record with the Warriors. I think some of that he got helped out quite a bit by injury luck with Steph Curry um, and the contract they were able to sign him to and everything that followed after that. Um, but He's the I one do that think, injured Steph. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I do think if you are bringing him here, good luck convincing him to just take the GM title and not basketball. I think if you bring him here, James Jones is gone, like you alluded to. And I'm I'm I would like to keep Jones on in some capacity. I feel like people have kind of made him a lame duck GM over the last few years. Like, oh, it was Chris Paul that wanted to come here. It was Kevin Durant that wanted to come here. It was Ishbia that pushed across the finish line. And there are probably extents of that that are true but i feel like jones hasn't gotten enough credit for what he's been able to do same thing with monty b- beyond just the culture what, um, hold on, let, i love you gerald but Uh-oh. name to me what what james jones 
has has really done the Chris Paul the trade, the Jay Crowder signing, the JaVale McGee signing, okay. like a Everything number of moves. Chris Paul forced forced his way here, which he makes didn't that force his way here. He was and interested he brought in Jay coming Crowder here. With, he with was interested here. in coming here. That's not the same as okay. forcing your way here. I don't think James Jones gets enough credit, and I think we get too caught up in this person wanted to come here, and it was going to happen no matter who was the GM. Maybe, but you could say that about a lot of GMs. You could say Bob Myers got lucky that Steph Curry was injured and they signed with the contract. You could say Bob Myers was lucky that Kevin Durant wanted to go to Golden State. That's true. Like, it's the same shit. So I feel like I would like to keep James Jones on, but I, I understand, like, Bob Myers has a proven track record. He's been good at this kind of stuff. Um, and he's in hot hot demand, like he is, like... I think in the piece it said he's received significant interest for lucrative positions with private equity funds and roles within other pro sports leagues, which tells me, okay, if you're the Warriors, you're giving me the top dollar to keep me. And if not, if you're another team that wants me, you're going to have to give me both of those titles for me to come here. Yeah. Can James Jones be czar of good feelings? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, again, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, in this case. If you want to keep James Jones, then you don't go after Bob Myers. And Bob Myers, to be honest, like, yeah, first of all, because of his credentials, uh, you know, and, and everything that's come with that and his high demand, that's the key, the high demand across the league, any – one of those other teams would be frothing at the mouth to get a Bob Myers. Mm -hmm. The Suns are in a unique position because Bob can come here, he can win right away, and also build for the future depending on what kind of moves he's going to make, especially with this new limited salary cap. And I think that's the only thing that I feel like uh, that, that Gerald did not talk about is the fact that because of that salary cap um, and the Warriors' willingness to spend crazily above it, mm -hmm. um, Bob, Bob Myers was able to attract talent that helped him out. Now, that does not dismiss the development that, that that our organization has had over the course of the last five to ten years. I mean, you have you know guys that would never have you would never you never would have heard of like Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Jordan Poole playing out of his mind, like guys like that that have developed their roles within the organization, and and that's the kind of environment that you're hoping to build here. Um, and you know, it's kind of funny because you felt like you were getting that, and then it felt like you kind of plateaued a little bit. And then, and then the one, you know, the one guy, obviously, because Cam Johnson was injured off and on, so I'm, I'm not going to put him into this equation, but the one guy that kind of grew up outside of his first year alongside Monty, uh, he leaves and then he just goes absolutely berserk in Br Brooklyn. And you kind of wonder, like, was it the system? Was it just not the opportunity? Was it the way he was getting used? All this other stuff. But he was developed through the system, and you want that to continue as you move forward. So I think Bob Myers will be able to get those kind of people in here. Um, but again, I, I agree. If you get Bob Myers, that means you're getting rid of James Jones because you're going to have to pay Bob Myers incredibly top dollar to get him. Mm. Okay. It's a plus 120 on both keeping James Jones and then James Jones leaving and you bringing in somebody else. Which one are you going with? I'm on the fence here because if you're going to do it, why wouldn't you just do it when you let Monty go? Why wouldn't yeah. you just say this is a clean slate rather than allowing some of these coaching interviews to start and whatnot? The thing that I always found interesting was James talking about how he might be willing to bring in a GM and relinquish that and, mm -hmm. and kind of hinted that the the roster building may not be his favorite part mm -hmm. of the job. So I don't, know. Just, I, I don't know. That scares me. Yeah, but I get it because when James Jones first came into the Suns, Ryan McDonough was still here, right? Obviously, it seems like the plan all along was to have James Jones replace 
Ryan McDonough. But the biggest thing that he was able to do that I think Ryan McDonough had struggled with at that point in time within his uh, time with the Suns was player relationships and really connecting to the players on the team. Like there was just a little bit of a disconnect there. James Jones was so good at that. Mm -hmm. And obviously because he was a player, he wasn't that far removed from his playing time. Like he was able to connect and relate with those guys. So if there's a way for him to still have that sort of input and uh, bring that to the table for the Suns and have the GM guy who does the numbers and the math and the scouting and has all of that kind of stuff covered, I could totally see James Jones thriving in that position. I I would probably more I'd probably lean more towards keeping James Jones. That's right. just me. I just don't again, I just I'm gonna use this phrase a million times this week. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah, I think Bob Myers is the only name that I would consider replacing him with in the GM role, and that would be if you're getting him to just accept that because I do think Jones deserves a lot of credit for helping build the culture like Monty, and I do feel like you want him in that macro role that he was talking about because when he was promoted to president of basketball ops, he talked about balancing the day-to-day stuff of a GM role and the bigger picture stuff. Mm -hmm. He wants to be Pat Riley, I think, here. Yeah. You know, not GM. <clears throat> right. If your plus 120 was James Jones won't be the GM of this team by the start of next season, I'm putting my money on that. If okay. it's that he's gone, I wouldn't. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's all good. Uh, speaking of all good, you can get yourself some OGs because nice. those are all good. And <laughs> they've got a whole bunch of new flavors that are coming out. They're pretty freaking dope. Check them out. Uh, but more importantly... If you're feeling a little down, or if you're feeling like you know eight little aches and pains, the Happy Balance Gummy is wh- where you want to go. One to one THC to CBD ratio uh, kind of helps you get over a little bit of that pain temporarily. Obviously, uh, it doesn't cure it. And then uh, it, you know, and also uh, if you got a little anxiety, a little you know, a little hyped up. You probably need to mellow down. I heard a lot of people in Kansas City need that right about now. Um, (laughs) And, uh, hey, it's pretty cool. And if you want to find the nearest dispensary closest to you to get your OG's Brands, uh, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. And remember, you must be over 21 to enjoy. You know what we're not doing in Phoenix? Hmm. Talking about playoffs. Playoffs. But you know, other places around the country, they are right now. And that's right. The playoffs are here. And your friends at Manscaped, oh yeah, buckle up. It's Manscaped, Reed, my first day back, are here too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. Oh yeah, or Stanley Tucci's head, either one. Uh, Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you'll want to give your nuggets the best clippers to get rid of the... God, we went with the two teams that that we faced to the playoffs in this read. Uh, You'll want to give your Nuggets the best Clippers to rid them of pubes and help them see see the summer sun. Who's putting their balls out there? That's what I want to know. What are you doing with your life? Get that that extra testosterone. Bring the sun. People that watch Fox News, dude. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't let your little devil go wild. Use the lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. The jazz didn't even make the playoffs. And I don't think Utah would appreciate being tied into this. Uh. I don't know. You can have the balls of kings uh, by going to 
manscaped.com and using the code PHNX for 20% off and free shipping. And these clippers are so good, you won't take 20% off down there, if you know what I'm saying. No nicks, no cuts, uh, no buts about that. Uh, Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping and smooth balls with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Pick a winner, hit the playoff push, and use Manscaped to shave that bush. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Man. I just read what was you here, people. Listen, I just read what was I, here. Stay back. Full so board. Nuts. On Monday, I told the chat, I was like, listen, because I had to do Manscaped read on Monday, mm-hmm. okay? But it was the most dry, straightforward, as as low-key as you could possibly make a, a Manscaped read. And I was like, y'all just have to wait for Espo to get back. I look, missed that time. <laughs> look, you want to be smooth dickhead like Jock Landell? Oh like, <laughs> okay, too far. Euphoria in the chat said we should have Lindsay do the Manscaped ads again. Somehow less awkward. <laughs> you guys know you love uh, it. I wasn't expecting the Stanley stuff. Tucci shout out. I, I know, right? That. It was aggressive. Jeez. <laughs> I wasn't ready for what? that. Oh, boy. Okay, we have a couple super chats. Let's move right on along here. Frank said, glad Espo is back regardless of what everyone said. Thank you, Mr. Kamansky. <laughs> Frank's is over here stirring the pot. (laughs) Uh, Leo sent us a super chat, said, hey, Saul, a few days ago, you tweeted about the dumbest thing you saw on Facebook. Talk about it. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Stupid ass freaking. uh, It was a it was a trio picture of sons, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. And in the middle, it was freaking uh, Derrick Rose. And I'm like, oh, can we stop with Derrick Rose, please? Good Lord. Like. Everybody keeps talking about him like they talk about Carmelo Anthony as if they're the missing link to a championship. Newsflash, he is not. He was once a tremendous player, and he had, and he still was quality towards the end of his career, but he's only played in, I think, like 100 games out of the last 800 possible or something like that. Like, just leave it alone and stop bringing up Derek freaking Rose. He's not the backup point guard that you want or need. Look. If you get mellow, Derrick Rose, there's one other acquisition you can make to get a championship. Dwight Howard? A time machine. That's it. (laughs) Don't sign the washed up retreads. Thank you. All right. We have one more. This one is from Altex ZZZ. Thank you. Altex? Mm -hmm. Altex. Okay. Uh, Isn't that what I said? Altex. 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 There you go. Thank you. Lord. Uh, I've mentioned this that. before and I'll say it again, but proud to be the biggest yes, all AZ slash PHNX sports fan living in St. Louis. Uh, ride or die. Love the show. Appreciate Thanks, all that. Texas. Thank you. All Texas. Sorry you're in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Sorry for you. I'm sorry you're in Missouri. Um, <laughs> all right. So we did get a, a chat from John Nelson as well. They said, why is 39 year old Chris Paul a lock as a starter next year? And I believe John is maybe alluding to, the article that we heard from Chris Haynes, Mm -hmm. um, where we got some updates from him on things all around the league. So this is what he had tweeted out with that article. He said, James Harden to decline player option to seek four-year deal. Ty Lue's reps met with the Clippers to discuss the future. Suns likely to guarantee Chris Paul's contract. And Portland expected to make the number three pick available. Details inside. So one of those details, of course, around Chris Paul was that the Suns are expected to guarantee Chris Paul's contract. And in that article, he also went on to say that Chris Paul is likely going to be the starter for the Ooh, Phoenix Suns yeah. next season. Now, here's the deal. We all know that this has a lot of different 
things that could be true at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Let yeah. me translate that for Lindsay. Half of that is bullshit, is what I think Lindsay's trying to say. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be nicer about it. I don't know if I go as far as bullshit, but I will say it does feel like, at the very least, like, okay, A, you can't trade him unless you guarantee his contract. Right. So that shouldn't be surprising to anyone. Um, the second part, as far as the Suns seeing him as their starting point guard next season, this is this could be posturing. It could be an attempt to build leverage and letting people know, like, hey, no, we still th- see him as a starter. And to be honest, he is a, still a starting caliber player in this league. When you look at his numbers, he still averaged like 14 points and nine assists per game. He's not a terrible player by any means, as much as Suns fans want to talk about how he's washed and whatnot. I think there are levels in terms of as a title contender, do you want him as your starting point guard when you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker that can handle the ball, when you have a team that maybe you need to play at a faster pace than you normally do with Chris Paul? Those are valid conversations. But I do think this is kind of letting people know, like, we see him as a starter. He's still a starter. And if you want to trade for him, this is what it's going to entail. I also wonder, could it in part be Chris Paul's camp? trying to save face as well, knowing mm-hmm. that they're going to pick it up and in turn to try to flip him. So mm-hmm. it's, well, they, they the expectation is we'll be a starter in Phoenix. So that's out there, and anybody looking to deal for him uh, is looking to put him in a starter's role. Like I, I think there's got to be some saving face in this because Chris Paul doesn't want to look – be looked at as some guy that's just going to be picked up off the scrap heap because the Suns decide to to cut him and eat fifteen million or try to trade him just to get off that thirty. Million. Yeah, I think honestly the the one place that keeps kind of resonating in my head about Chris Paul is I agree they they're they they convert him because they need that as trade bait um, is the Clippers uh, they've they've been searching for a point guard to help manage everything and i i could see that as a possible trade destination obviously there's a lot that goes into that but um there's also another part of that twitter or that tweet that i know we'll get into when it comes to damian lillard but i think all these kind of work together um and it's really fascinating well it's it's also because we talked about the james harden rumors like philly would be a potential destination for him as well if you work out a signage like a three-team deal with the pacers where da goes to indiana CB3 goes to Philly, the Suns, maybe you get Miles Turner and Harden. Like, you have to juggle some numbers there to make that work. Color me intrigued. But it is. Tobias Harris, anybody? I don't want to know what the math looks like behind that. No, I don't either. And that's why I say we have to do the math first. But the framework, the general framework. um, And I, I feel like there are some destinations that would still make sense for Chris Paul. And he's not going to be as hard to trade as I think people think because, yes, he's owed $30, $31 million this year, but he's basically a $30 million expiring contract Mm -hmm. because of the fact that next year is fully non-guaranteed. Well, and I think that's where you could see taking on somewhat of a reclamation project from somebody else Mm -hmm. that has a couple extra years where they're like, well, we'll take this flyer if you take this flyer, Mm -hmm. and maybe it works for everybody involved. Yeah, I don't think this is an albatross of a – of a contract like some are approaching it. It's just going to, how creative can you get? And and how can you pull off a deal that really pushes this team uh, to the future here? All right, well, let's just dive into the second half of this then and have a little bit more of a conversation around it. Chris Behanes also said, 
Portland is expected to make the number three <laughs> pick available. Okay. Now this is Scott. <laughs> Bless Damian Lillard's heart. Um, because clearly there's this. a lot of people on Twitter who are talking about Dame. Uh, so here's what happened on social last night. Alexis tweeted out, muting all of you that are undervaluing the Blazers number three pick and in- insisting on trading Dame. What's wrong with you all? You think we suffered this long to go out like that? Goodbye. Dame then quote tweeted it and said, if the fans want to trade me, start the petition and send it in shrug emoji. I, uh... Is Dame come to Phoenix? Let, no, let so Dame let's start the petition Phoenix. now. Well, see, that's funny that you got... I, I think that's funny that you went there. I went it. I just want it to happen. Oh, that's the only so reason. So does every Suns fan. Exactly. But... Um, I actually look at this as a potential trade destination for DA. Um, I mean, you trade DA um, and for the number three pick, and obviously I think something else would have to be attached to it. I'm not sure what the numbers are. Oh, I got your deal when you're running your But But um, I mean, shit, the way the, the mock drafts have gone, uh, you would have the opportunity to pick up Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. And there's your backup point guard or your point guard, depending on if Chris Paul was here or not. Like, sign me up all day for that. Right. I Mr. feel like Bo- Gerald's going to shit on this right now. But I'm going to let Espo say this because I feel like he <laughs> already more to like, add, he's already ready. The wheels like, are you can just feel it going. bubbling up. <laughs> Mr. Bookman, would you like to fire up the trade machine with me? Okay. No, 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 no. I got no, one. No. no, let him go. Let okay, him go. fine. I'm cooking. We're just not playing the video then. <laughs> we on, we said the video cook. can't be played until next week okay. at minimum. Trailblazers get Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Damn, both of them. The Suns get Jeremy Grant, the corpse of Yusuf Nurkic. And the number three pick. Holy shit. (laughs) Have the Blazers actually lost their minds? The Blazers (laughs) are a better team with this. How? (laughs) They have Chris Paul and Dame Lillard now? Dame's got two guys he can work with. What are they doing with Chris Paul and Dame Lillard? The same shit that they did with Chris Paul here. The shortest. You're playing playing off the ball, buddy. Spot up up in a corner. I'm sorry to break Suns fans' hearts here. Dame Lillard's not coming to Phoenix. Wow, Gerald. The number three pick is not coming to Phoenix. Why? In a loaded draft. Today's not worth the number three pick. Uh, beauty is eye in the, abo- uh, what, the beholder. What about the Knicks pick they have? Gerald the hates fun, pick. everybody. I mean, what it's, pick like 20, is that? it's 20 something, 25th. Yeah, I mean, that that would make more sense. The number three pick, there's no way DA is going for that. Like, they're they're trying to rebuild around Dame, but like, they ha- that pick has a lot more value, I think, than DA right now. But the Blazers are so used to wasting top three picks <sighs> on bad big men. <laughs> I mean, not I guess. only that, but like, at some point in time, as the Blaze, like I know Dame is so committed to the Blazers, like a hundred percent. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, the Blazers need to be like, listen, man, we sucked. We did not do right <laughs> by you. Let it let us send you somewhere who can no, for the they, end of your career. How it works. They're but not, it needs to be. I feel bad for Dame. They should, but he's not he wants to stay there. So as long as he wants to stay there and doesn't come to them and be like, Look, I've given you my all it's time for me to ring chase or whatever you want to call it. They're not going to send him anywhere. Their commitment, their commitment, they've said this over and over, is to putting a playoff caliber contending roster around him. I know. Whether they do that, they're not going to. That's what I'm saying, though. They need to be, they should be realistic if they were smart and pragmatic, but they're not. They want to put a team around arguably the greatest player in their franchise history. I don't fault them for that. But I don't see them trading Dame to build a. Re- they could, they could build around Shaden Sharp and the number three pick and Jeremy Grant and some of these you younger tra- guys. Would you trade DeAndre Aiden for Shaden Sharp? Would they do that? 
No, I don't think so. Well, well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I know that scoop, they did just scoop, send scoop, out a, an email kind of press release thing to, I think, they're like their season ticket holders or whatever. Mm. Pretty recently, it hit social media. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And it literally said in there, like, we're committed to building a solid team around Damian Lillard. Okay, right. how many of those were you around for that crap that we I get it, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, how many times are you going to sell this crap wait, 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 wait. without actually following well, through? I was worried. Give Dame before, something good. Before Devin Booker. Or who were you building around? Oh my God! I was I was on the verge of Everybody. Having, having to put uh, having to put together a whole thing on how uh, how um, you know Morris was Markeith Morris was oh, staying wow. around and he's a part of our future and we're super excited that he's still here oh. and we believe that Earl Watson has fixed the relationship with him oh. and then we found out five minutes later right before the deadline he was dealt like it's all bullshit it is the I PR know. teams are sitting there going how do we get people to buy season tickets right. by giving them bullshit but it's That's not it. just a PR push <laughs> like it's their actual front office people it's their head coach it's Dame like they all are on the same page about this but people won't believe them because they suck so bad at what they're oh, trying I'm to do I'm not saying they're going to trade Dame right. I'm just saying I don't believe any <laughs> of those kind of comments that's put, that are put out there like yeah. they could say we're not trading Dame we're not trading the third pick everything's golden and then they trade both of them two days later also I don't really feel like Damian Lillard would be a great fit for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant I feel like he would. I feel like there'd be defensive concerns with yeah. that backcourt for sure. But I think, I think offensively, it'd be a, a dream. But yeah, I don't. Well, it's just not going to happen. So why <laughs> is everybody so obsessed with building this team as if it's a fantasy basketball team? To me, you because look that's at the, where we build teams. No, but, but look, look around. The, the average person builds it, it on two K. But when you look <laughs> fantasy, when you look around the final four in the NBA, right? Mm. Two solid star, two really good stars, mm -hmm. and a bunch of guys that can get the other things done. Mm -hmm. The fact that everybody's focused on Harden or Kyrie or you know Dame or this guy. No, I want a path to building a true team here around Devin Booker and Kyrie. Oh my God! Oh my and God! Kevin yeah, baby. Devin Booker yeah, and Kevin Durant. Baby. I don't he need James Harden. I don't need Kyrie Irving. I need a team Kyrie. around these guys, Kyrie. so you don't fall to the same issues that took you down the last two I'm, playoffs. I'm with you, and I was with you 100 percent away until you. I, I the <laughs> Freudian the slip. Up, slip. Uh, to the slip uh, of the tongue. Um, but no, I'm with you, Twitter. and that's. That's kind of, <laughs> rude, and that's why I feel like the trading DA and trading Chris Paul, like people call it spare parts or role players or whatever. But you do need. I think they have the two stars they need now. You need guys that will do their jobs around them because, like you're saying, Nuggets two stars and a lot of role players. Lakers two stars. Celtics two stars. Heat one star. Or I mean, I guess Bam, but. Bam's, Bam's not a star. Bam's, Bam. Bam's up and down. With Bam's being, a really with, good player. He, he flirts with stardom. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, you you just need complimentary role players. You need a good head coach. You need a system that makes it all work. And so that's why I feel like trading those two for good players and using your cap space wisely on some of these guys that might be looking for veteran minimum contracts elsewhere would be good for you. But. I understand the impulse, like everyone's going to look at Kyrie and James and... Listen, I think to Gerald's point, and Eddie brought this up today, you need some physicality. You need some guys that are that are going to D up and mm -hmm. and be able to, to, to score <clears throat> open baskets. 
you you just need some dogs, and I think that's what the Suns are missing more than anybody else. Is like even going up against Denver, you know, and he made this point about um, uh, Brown and uh, Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. just being physical for their size, and especially Aaron Gordon. I, I can't get over how much of an impact I felt like Aaron Gordon really had against the Suns physically, um, you know, and it was enough to just throw. Kevin Durant off just a little bit um, to where he couldn't even really get into a good rhythm all series. It just felt like it was all forced. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as we're used to seeing Kevin Durant play. And so um, you need some of those guys on this. And he threw out, I know we're not really team Dylan Brooks, but Dylan Brooks is a guy that's physical that he can, you know, he's kind of a pest um, and he used to be able to shoot the three at a, at a higher clip. This year, he had a, uh, a season or a career low, I think, from three. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he is an athletic guy, and he can hold his own. And so those are the kind of guys that you're going to have to take a look at, um, especially if you trade away a lot of salary. I mean, you're talking about sixty plus million dollars of salary in, in DA and CP3. If you're able to get that off your books, it frees up so much for you um, that. Yeah. You know, hopefully you can go after some of those but guys. You have to fight the Shanghai Sharks or Dylan Brooks. Wouldn't saying. in an ideal situation <laughs> though, if you if you're looking for guys who can go out there and be bruisers, right? The guys who have that dog in them, whatever you want to say, <laughs> it's to have the back of your main guys, and the main guys are the ones who talk the shit, mm. right? I mean, Dylan, like, Dylan Bro- Brooks is a little bit too mouthy. I feel like. He's, it's too much. Jake Crowder pulled that shit. Yeah, but though. he didn't do it as often. Yeah. Well, he didn't do it in the locker room. No, not in the locker. But he on the court. Like I feel like Jay Crowder is like a it's, it's like a good balance. Dylan right. Brooks feels like it's overkill. And I think key to that balance is the fact that Jay Crowder wasn't taking fourteen shots a game and making fair. like forty percent of them. Like that was <laughs> Dylan Brooks would he shot them out of like playoff games. Like, that's my biggest difference. Yeah. With the two. Like, I think you have to find, well, yes, I agree with Eddie and you in this point that you do need some guys like that on your team. Mm-hmm. You also need, it's a fine line yeah, but- of like, how far is too far? And maybe, maybe my, my feelings on this are a little different than, than most because, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the Valley over the years have been kind of opposed to those types of guys. I like agree Dylan with Brooks. that, but I'm, you know I'm, I'm on saying? your team. And I'm like, you know what? One of these dudes might win us a championship. I've, I've fuck nothing else has worked in fifty plus odd plus odd years. Why not? Why not? Like just why not? Yeah. Hey, no, I agree entirely. I, I agree with Kyrie. By the way, like I agree. Kyrie's different to me than Dylan Brooks. Yes, mm-hmm. this is they're, a whole different. They're two totally separate here. kinds of. For um, sure. But I agree. I do think that's something that Arizona sports as a whole, I kind of feel like, has shied away from edgier players. Yes. For more quote unquote wholesome family friendly players and just the way that they kind of Mm -hmm. run their franchises and and market to audiences feel like you could use a little bit of edge i'm on spicy up in here exactly put some seasoning on that shit i'm not gonna say what i'm thinking come on there may be a reason historically for that in this town with well sure you know and i don't think that that should be but things are changing yeah i don't think that should be the case like i I agree, but because you know, Green Day said it best: "Nice guys finish last." And you know what? Nice guys have gotten us jack shit in this city. Give me, yeah, yeah. What were the odds on him making a Green Day reference before <laughs> me, though? I feel like they had to have been. Got to been like a plus ten thousand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like we've had our share, our fair share of like villains that we love, like or not love in the case of the Morris <laughs> twins, but like. 
I don't know. I, I don't care about that. I just care about your ability to produce on the basketball court. I do think I agree with you all that we need a little bit more toughness. We were missing that swagger, that attitude with a Jay Crowder type, even with like a JaVale McGee, like mm -hmm. someone like that. We we didn't have a ton of that this year. Like Devin Booker talks a lot of shit, but you need it can't just be your star all the time. You need yeah. like guys enforcers behind him too. Matt Listen, Ishby was the closest to a villain. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, that's the thing too, is like so many people, and we've learned this over the last several years, so many teams and people hate the Phoenix Suns mm -hmm. because of Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. But Devin Booker isn't really an, an antagonist. They just hate the way that he complains and, and whatever shit that they want to make up because it's all made up, people. Right. I just want to let you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you might as well bring a guy like Dylan Brooks here and then you can really hate us. Not because you know, we're, while we're, we're gonna, at it, should we bring in Pat Bev too? No. No, the, God, name, the name that you want, mm. Dream on Green. Yeah. That's the attitude. I mean. It's the right balance. We can have him come in and do podcasts. It's but all works. going to want too much money. He's going to want. He's, he's going to want a yeah, lot of dollars. He's going to want it. Stick when is he going to get it? Unless, unless you sell him on, you know what's better than money? Spite. And you can come in and you can stick it to the Warriors with KD. And that might be worth more than the money that he's going to get offered. Especially if it's like, hey, Wink, wink. Let's do a one year, and then we'll figure out once this money's off the books how to reward you after we kick the Warriors' ass. So sign and trade DA to the Warriors for Draymond. <laughs> oh God, no! Everybody, <laughs> put on your shady rays. Oh God, no! Please Getting no. hot over here at these parts. <laughs> if you haven't gotten your shady rays, you should definitely pick them up. Exclusively <laughs> for our listeners. It's getting hot shady over here in these parts. Is giving out their best deal of the <laughs> season. I'm doing the best that I mouth. can. Dang. Go to shadyrays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades. Rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So can also, you give me a red? He climbed through 500 uh, feet of shit to come out the other side in Shady Rays. 500 yards of shit. <laughs> you didn't like my... Maybe you can throw on those Shady Rays and see, like the, my <laughs> see the four peaks. <laughs> I mean, they might be able to help you with that. Maybe. To be completely honest with you, Maybe. I'm pretty sure you can get a prescription put into some glasses. Maybe sunglasses. they got a little moonshine in the back. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? I don't know. I'm They're making fun of me. They're making fun of me, Gerald. They're pretending to be nice by moving me on to the next ad, but really, they're just making was, fun of me. I was just a little girl from Sierra Vista, Arizona. <laughs> I wonder if Four Peaks sells beer down in Sierra Vista. Oh, yeah, if it's they too do. Far. They stay wide, baby. Let's I'm go. just kidding. Of course, they do. Four Peaks is the best. You guys can follow them at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you drink responsibly. But make sure you either check out the brewery down in Tempe. It is fantastic. You get all the beer options that your heart could desire. You got plenty of amazing food options as well. Or if you just want to hang out at home, bring some beer to your next barbecue or party or whatever, you can pick it up at grocery stores near you as well. Yeah, Sierra Vista, put down the moonshine and pick up the Four Peaks. There you go. <laughs> Ever, that would ever, be Tombstone. Did you ever oh, okay. drink any Sierra Vista moonshine? <laughs> no. No? no. Bathtub gin? No. no. Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> oh, it's good to have everybody back. <laughs> they they got like their own version of Heisenberg out in, uh, out in Winnebago making moonshine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh.
my goodness gracious. All right. Well, that's all I have for you guys today, surprisingly enough. Um, everybody doing good? Well, everybody I did, doing I did okay? want to touch on one last thing from the Chris Haynes article that we didn't really talk about. Um, a, Kevin Young expected to interview for the head coaching job and has the backing of several players. And B, Ty Lue is meeting with the Clippers this week to discuss a new deal. As much as we've talked about, you know, the dream scenario of get Bob Myers and get Tyrone Lou, there's a very real possibility that the Clippers are looking at this as the Suns rumors are leverage for Ty Lue to get the extension and we're getting Bob Myers. So, oh, yeah, because Bob Myers is an L.A. guy. Right. Their GM's interviewing with the Wizards. Yeah, we could be left holding the bag again and, right. and you know. And Kevin Young could be the head coach. I mean, Gambo on 98.7 was talking about how the Suns want a young, hot assistant now. I don't, a TikTok so, coach? Yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, great. Yeah, just what we wanted. A young, hot assistant. I think that was what Mike Vihela tweeted out. A, TikTok a young, coach. hot, a piece of assistant. Stop right. saying that. It's on all us. Jesus. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Everyone in timeout. What a show. <laughs> Hello said, just need Saul and Espo to yell at each other for it to feel like a full episode. We just did that, so we're We're complete. You're welcome, everybody. Harmony. (laughs) All right. Well, it's good to have all you guys back. I'm not going to lie. I did miss it. Mm -hmm. It, it But by tomorrow, I will regret my words. (laughs) So come back and join us tomorrow, won't you? 3 p.m. We'll see you here. Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. I'm back and I got a lot of problems with you people. And you're going to hear about it. Oh, boy, boy.